Hello, Sat Stackers, and welcome to the latest episode of the Bitcoin Bulletin Podcast. We're coming to you a little bit late. Well, we're coming to you a lot bit late. But if you listen to the last episode, and if you follow us on Twitter at BTC Bulletin Pod, uh, there was a, a reasonably good explanation for why this uh, episode is delayed. I did manage to make our DCA Wednesday stack on Wednesday, and we'll go over that in just a minute. Also, we ran a poll on Twitter with some artwork we had created for the podcast to potentially mix things up and change things out a little bit. So this episode, we're demoing the artwork that came in in first place. We're not necessarily going to change the artwork because there were those of you that thought that we should also just keep things the way they were. But for the purposes of trying it out, uh, this episode has the, the artwork that you guys voted on as the most, as the, as the most favorite, as your favorite. So, hey, let us know what you think. You can do that in Twitter. Again, we're at BTC Bulletin Pod on Twitter, or you can send me an email, bitcoinbulletin at protonmail.com, and let me know whether you like the new logo, the, the new podcast artwork, or uh, whether you'd like us to stick with the original podcast artwork we've used all along, or maybe something completely different. But first things first. This podcast is for information and entertainment purposes only. Nothing on this podcast should be construed as financial advice. All views expressed on this podcast are solely the opinions of the host and or any guests that we might have from time to time. Nothing on this podcast should be construed as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or to follow a particular investing strategy. Again, welcome to the Bitcoin Bulletin Podcast. My name is Chris, and today is, I almost said Wednesday, today is Monday, October 31st, 2023, and that means two things. It means it is Halloween, and all those trick-or-treaters are getting ready to take the streets here on the east coast of the United States in sunny, sunny, uh, sunny central Florida, the space coast of Florida. But more importantly, it is also the 15th anniversary of the Bitcoin White Paper, that's right, on October 31st, 2008, Satoshi Nakamoto, the pseudonymous creator of Bitcoin, released his white paper outlining exactly uh, what he had in mind for the Bitcoin protocol. And boy, what a long way we've come since then. Last episode, we left off with the question, is October still in play? And that answer has come back in resounding heck yeah. With just a few hours left in October, Bitcoin is up substantially. You know, we broke the $35,000 mark for a, for a while, but it's held pretty much above 34000 the entire week. That is both happy and sad. As you know, uh, I, like a lot of you, feel like I do not have enough sats. And, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I got in a, an argument on someone on, with someone on Twitter who said, well, if you think you don't have enough stats, if you, if you don't want the price to go up, that means you just didn't go all in. And I'm like, uh, well, no, I, I went all in, or at least all in as I could. That doesn't mean I don't want more, right? You know, Michael Saylor has billions of dollars of Bitcoin and he keeps buying. So I'm assuming you're in my, you know, you're in the same boat I am where you look at the price of Bitcoin and you go, wow, that's really awesome looking at the stack in terms of US dollar value or euro value or peso value or whatever fiat currency is uh, how you value your wealth or how people value their wealth in, in the country wherever you happen to be listening to this episode. Um, when in reality, you should say, well, I have, you know, one Bitcoin or two Bitcoin or half a Bitcoin or 200,000 sats or whatever your stack is, and that should be your frame of reference. But human nature is, until hyper-Bitcoinization hits, until Bitcoin becomes the method of account that most people use, you, know, you look at your stack and you value it. You, you value it compared to 
compared to what everyone else is using as their as their uh, as their their means of exchange as their as their unit of account. Along those lines, Wednesday's stack got us fewer than three thousand sats per dollar. We had been uh, we've been stacking significantly more than three thousand sats per dollar during this crypto winter, so to speak, during the crab market, the sideways market. And for the first time in a long time, we stacked fewer than 3,000 sats per dollar or at a rate fewer than 3,000 sats per dollar. And uh, that is why I am sad when I see the price of Bitcoin go up. But it's a bittersweet sad because, you know, we're also we're also excited. All right, before we get into the news and before we talk about our, our stack that we did on Wednesday, our makeup episode, our makeup DCA Wednesday episode, let's take a real quick look at the vital statistics. At the time of this recording, we are sitting at a block height of 814,728, and Bitcoin is ringing in at a current U.S. dollar value of $34,620, and that will get you 2,889 sats per dollar, so less than 3,000 sats per dollar. Last week, obviously, I keep wanting to say last week, this is kind of the makeup for last week, two weeks ago, two Wednesdays ago anyway. Uh, we were purchasing at a rate of 3529 sats per dollar so you know we're going to get 700 more more than uh, more than 600 almost 700 fewer sats per dollar and almost 800 sats per dollar fewer than we stacked the week before that so you know hey yippee that the price goes up you know it'd be it'd be really cool if 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 we just set a you know if this time is different and we and we we take the new all time high set a new all time high before the having that would be really weird because that hasn't ever happened before. Traditionally, we traditionally this market's going to go sideways. You know, in 2019, 210,000 blocks ago, we had had a little rally just like we did now. In fact, we had a couple rallies. If you remember, we had the Elon Musk rally when uh, when he said that uh, that that Tesla had purchased Bitcoin, that he had purchased Bitcoin, and then the crash afterwards. I guess that was after the having. But we also had a pump up to about from about three thousand to the ten thousand dollar range before the before you know the 2020 big deal hit. And Bitcoin set its cycle low in the $3,000 $3, range uh, just a month or two before the halving. But traditionally, you know, we approach the halving um, not at our cycle low, but but um, maybe in the the fifty percent of the all time high range ish. You know, again, each cycle has been a little bit different, but in general, we sh if 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 things were to play out the same way, we should be looking at you know thirty two thousand, thirty four thousand, about where we're at on having day. So, you know, if the ETF gets approved or there's some other big hype, pick some other big FOMO inducing moment that rockets the price of Bitcoin to the moon, uh, you know that would be cool. That would make this time a little bit different. But um, for the people out there that keep saying that this time is this is the longest crypto winter we've ever had, the longest bear market we've ever had, the longest crab market we've ever had. Uh, you know, they they can only say that because they take out that pump in 2019 where Bitcoin went up to 10,000, but they conveniently forget that it crashed back down to 3,000 shortly thereafter. So uh, I guess nobody has a crystal ball. Only time will tell. But boy, October, October, October certainly was in play, wasn't it? Um, that that That's just really cool. Back to the vital statistics. For those of you who value your wealth in shiny yellow rocks, it is significantly more expensive for you to get into Bitcoin. It will currently cost you 17.5 ounces of gold to purchase just one Bitcoin. That is substantially more gold than it would cost you than it cost you on the previous DCA Wednesday episode where you could have purchased one Bitcoin for just 14.7 ounces of gold. 
So currently more than a pound of gold to purchase just one Bitcoin. And it's not going to be long until that is measured in pounds of gold, not pound of gold singular. Bitcoin's current price gives it a market capitalization of $677.4 billion. That is a heck of a lot higher market cap than we have seen in many, many, many months. I'm scrolling back through my notes here, and I don't see anything higher than, I see $572 billion on Bitcoin Pizza Day back in May of 2022. So certainly the highest we've been in a really, really long time. For those of you who pay attention to that metric, obviously the more Bitcoin goes up in value, the higher that market cap is going to be because, you know, that's a function of the price of Bitcoin multiplied by the number of Bitcoin in circulation. Uh, and while that a lot of people hate that number, because obviously if you were to sell all of the Bitcoin at the same time, the market obviously would crash. It would depress the price of Bitcoin. Uh, and so you wouldn't get $677 billion for that Bitcoin. But it's a useful metric to the normies. You know, anytime people are talking about stocks, they talk about market cap. Anytime you're watching MSNBC, they talk about market cap. And uh, it does help to visualize, even though, you know, obviously no one's ever going to get the full market capitalization of, you know, of anything in, in one singular trade. Back on DCA Wednesday, when, when I made my stack uh, on the fly, when I was busy taking care of some family business that I don't really want to get into, because I'm going to try and keep this episode upbeat and positive, one Bitcoin would purchase you 1,940 large pepperoni pizzas from Papa John's. That is almost 400 more pizzas than you would have been able to purchase just a week prior. So for those of you who value wealth in pizza, that is a heck of a lot of food security for just one Bitcoin. Uh, there is a lot to talk about in the news. Uh, obviously, it's been almost two weeks since our since our last episode, and there were a lot of things I wanted to talk about, but that they kind of a lot of those have slipped by the wayside. Uh, we did have a difficulty adjustment just the other day, uh, and it looks like we're looking at another difficulty adjustment because, as you know, the hash rate keeps going up into the right, just like the Bitcoin price does. And with all those new ant miners, I believe it was the uh, S22 getting ready to come online. That's a trend that certainly is going to be expected to increase. There's no reason that I can think of. Uh, as long as Bitcoin's chugging along, that hash rate's going to keep increasing uh, forever, Laura, forever. Real quick, I want to thank those of you listening on your favorite podcasting 2.0 app, such as Fountain. As usual, you can support your favorite podcast through podcasting 2.0 on the value for value model, where you can stream a certain number of sats, uh, whatever you feel uh, you're getting in value for listening to that podcast, whether it's one Satoshi a minute or 10 Satoshis a minute, or you can send a boost, which is a message, kind of like a shout out that you send to your podcast. And since it's a lightning transaction, uh, you're basically, it's a tipping message. And we do have one shout out again, that's from Leggy, longtime supporter of the podcast. And Leggy sent 5,000 sats and said, I just discovered the Bitcoin, please go to moon song that you and others mentioned. Now I feel like a noob for not knowing it and have an earworm, class of 21. You're welcome, Leggy. Uh, you know, I, I kind of have that song stuck in my head now too. So I guess that boomeranged and came right back to me. But for those of you who are not familiar, during the crab market of 2019, we had a lot of really, really good memes come out. And one of the things that came out was the song, Bitcoin, please go to moon. And it references a lot of things that were going on. Uh, at the time, Bitcoin price had been going sideways, just like it had been this time. And we had people with their crystal balls saying what was going to happen, just like every time 
And two of those people were Tone Vase, and Tone Vase was predicting that Bitcoin was going to crash all the way down to 1,000 from the 3,000 it was at. Of course, it didn't. And Mike Novogratz, who afterward became an S-coiner with his Terra Luna tattoo and, and that whole debacle, had said, no, uh, uh, it's bot the price has bottomed out and was, and was bullish on Bitcoin. So that's referenced in the song, too. Uh, and if you haven't heard it, I think there's even like a 10 hour long version that just loops it over and over again on YouTube. So if you just search for uh, Bitcoin, please go to moon song, uh, then you can see what we're talking about. If you're class of 21 and missed out on that as well. And of course, if you're not, it's probably already playing in your head just for me referencing it. Bitcoin, please go to moon. Stop going sideways now. Uh, so, hey, thanks again, Leggy, for that shout out or for that boost. And speaking of listeners, our geographic distribution of listeners has remained unchanged again. Speaking of crab market, you know, the Bitcoin price is going sideways for so long. Our ge geographic distribution of listeners is ossified as well, too. The top 10 countries still are as follows. Number one is the United States. So hello to everybody listening in the United States. That's 55% of you. Number two remains Argentina. So buenos dias, uh, amigos in Argentina. Muchas gracias. 11% of you are listening from Argentina. Number three remains Germany. So muchos, muchos gracias. Danke schön, mein friends in Deutschland. And uh, I guess it would be guten Abend or guten Nacht to mein friends in Deutschland. And that's where 7% of you are listening to. Number four remains Luxembourg. So again, danke schön or morgen, mein friends in Luxembourg, where 4% of you are listening. Number five remains Canada, where 2% of you are listening. And boy, it's got to be getting cold up there now. I just saw... A friend posts that they had almost a foot of snow outside of Denver, Colorado, and obviously Canada gets a heck of a lot colder than that. So summer is over, and thank you for listening in the soon-to-be frozen Great White North. Number six remains Spain, where 2% of you are listening to. So once again, muchos gracias, amigos. Number seven remains Colombia. Also 2% of you are listening for Colombia. Muchos gracias, amigos. Number eight remains Sweden. Number nine remains Singapore. And nobody's reached out to let me know how to say hello or thank you in Swedish or uh, whatever customer customer greeting would be in Singapore. But thank you to those of you listening in Sweden and thank you to those listening in Singapore. Number 10 remains Venezuela. Again, muchas gracias. Hola, amigos in Venezuela. Thank you wherever you're listening to. It's really cool to be able to look at the statistics and visualize all of you out there. And, uh, and that's really cool. So if your country's not in the top 10, thank you anyway. And, you know, you can get your country into the top 10 just by asking a friend or two to listen. So help Orange Pill a friend. Maybe they're stacking. Maybe they're not stacking. Maybe the reason they're not stacking is because they think they're too late. They've missed out or they don't have enough money. And hopefully by listening to this podcast, they can see that you're not too late. And even if you can only come up with as little as $20 a week as we have, uh, you can build yourself a sizable stack of Satoshis before the price goes to the moon. All right, real quick, a look at the news. As I mentioned, today is Bitcoin White Paper Day, and that was the day that Satoshi Nakamoto released the white paper describing Bitcoin. And the white paper begins with its abstract saying that Bitcoin is a purely peer-to-peer -peer version of electronic cash would allow online payments to be sent directly from one party to another without going through a financial institution. Digital signatures, digital signatures, provide part of the solution, but the main benefits are lost if a trusted third party is still required to prevent double spending. We propose a solution to the double spending problem using a peer-to-peer -peer network. The network timestamps transactions by hashing them into an ongoing chain of hash-based 
proof of work forming a record that cannot be changed without redoing the proof of work. The longest chain not only serves as proof of the sequence of events witnessed, but proof that it came from the largest pool of CPU power. As long as a majority of CPU power is controlled by nodes that are not cooperating to attack the network, they'll generate the longest chain and outpace attackers. The network itself requires minimal structure. Messages are broadcast on a best effort basis, and nodes can leave and rejoin the network at will, accepting the longest proof-of-work chain as proof of what happened while they're gone. Obviously, I'm not going to read the entire white paper, but that is the abstract that introduced us all to Bitcoin 15 years ago today. And I'm going to post a link, if I haven't already posted a link, to the white paper uh, on our Twitter feed, which is at BTC Bulletin Pod, if you'd like to read it. It's also available on Bitcoin.org. Uh, and depending where you're at, if you're in England, obviously, there's that fiasco with the fake Toshi going on where he's convinced a court to block access on certain websites. But it's out there if you want to find it, and I'll put it in our Twitter feed. In fact, it should be there by the time you're hearing this at BTC Bulletin Pod on Twitter or X or whatever we're calling it today. The news that everybody's been hand-wringing their hands about, have been, been, uh, been fretting about, at least in the United States, is the proposed regulation from FinCEN. FinCEN is an enforcement, edgery, an enforcement agency of the United States Treasury Department. It stands for Financial Crimes Enforcement Network. And basically, they've proposed some anti-money laundering regulations that, among other things, would make it illegal to use mixers and tumblers, or perhaps, as more importantly, or even more dangerously, single-use addresses, which is basically any self-custody wallet. Because, you know, in order to prevent address reuse, almost every hardware wallet, almost every software wallet will generate a new sender-receive address every time you, you go to use Bitcoin. And this is just a proposed rulemaking. And of course, they're leveraging the Patriot Act to be able to do so because this could be blatantly flat out unconstitutional in the United States without, without the Patriot Act authorizing the government to trample all over your civil rights when it comes to unreasonable search and seizure. Uh, and their comment period is open. Uh, I believe Swan, or at least in Cafe Bitcoin, they were talking about how easy it is to, uh, to make a comment on this proposed proposed. proposed uh, proposed regulation, and if you haven't already done so, make sure you contact your legislator and scream and yell at them and let them how know how horrible you think this is. And I'm being a little bit dramatic. Obviously, don't scream and yell at them. You want to be clear, concise, and articulate. And there's some boilerplate language out there you can use, but it always helps if you make it personal. Let them know that they represent you, that you're that, you know they're in your district, and why you feel that this is horrific. And and uh, of course, it was all based on that BS Wall Street Journal. Uh, article that Elizabeth Warren sent her nasty gram to uh, get 100 senators or 100 congressmen to sign on to calling uh, Bitcoin a money laundering tool for terrorism or whatever that has since finally been retracted, a large part in uh, thanks to the, the work by, by uh, sometimes pariah Nick Carter, uh, who, has, who did his best work to refute that, uh, but also because Elliptic and the, uh, and the, and the people that that the Wall Street Journal wrote their, used to rely on to write their article came out flat out and said, no, you're misinterpreting this. This is not what the data said. But I digress. If you're not in the United States, it's equally nasty out there. For example, in the UK, two things have happened recently. Of course, you probably heard about the quote-unquote rigorous six-page test that UK financial regulators are proposing. UK citizens will be required to pass before they're allowed to purchase any cryptocurrency. And perhaps worse yet, after passing this test, even if you pass it in flying colors, 
They've instituted a 48 hour waiting period where you have to wait almost like you're going to go purchase a handgun and you fill out all the paperwork and you, and then you have to wait for your cooling off period before you're allowed to do so. Um, but perhaps as nefariously, there was an article on the street today, just a couple of hours ago saying the UK outlines plan to regulate crypto firms must register regardless of location. So just like the United States likes to do, the United Kingdom is trying to flex their authority where it doesn't belong in countries other than England, other than the United Kingdom, uh, by saying, among other things, the country's government will enforce new rules in a multi-step process outlining new standards, starting with stablecoins. The article goes on to say the Treasury will regulate stablecoins as payment methods and also regulate the way stablecoins are used and stored in the UK, placing the Bank of England, the Financial Conduct Authority, and the Payment System regular, Regulator as the primary regulators overseeing stablecoins. They continue. The Treasury pointed out that crypto exchanges will be subject to mandatory disclosures if listing a new asset on their exchange to ensure customers have an understanding of the risks involved in investing. So what that means is any new S-coin that comes out, and you know, screw S-coins, right? But anything, anytime an asset wants, the, a, a, an exchange wants to list an asset, they're going to have to fire, file mandatory paperwork with the UK government, whether or not they're located in the UK. The article continues, the government concluded that crypto firms should be registered with regulators regardless of where they are based in the world. The government's position is that firms dealing with directly with UK retail customers should be required to be authorized irrespective of where they are located, a statement read. And, you know, that's the exact same logic that the United States is using to go after Binance uh, and other exchanges, even exchanges that have, have explicitly said that you, United States customers or UK customers are not allowed uh, because, you know, you might do something nefarious to trick the exchange into thinking that you're actually not in the United States, or in this case, the UK. So that's stupid, but it falls right in line with the and then they fight you phase. And I've often said the governments know they can't stop Bitcoin. They're not as stupid as a lot of us would like to believe they are. They know they can't just come out and make Bitcoin illegal. So how the then they fight you phase is going to unfold is they're just going to make it as difficult as possible for you to use it, or in this case, to transfer it to your own custody, to not just have an IOU on exchanges. They've been doing this all along in the United States with their onerous you know, capital gains tax reporting. In theory, anytime you move other than your own custody, but if I transfer Bitcoin to someone else, or if I use Bitcoin to buy coffee, or Bitcoin to buy a hamburger, or book a trip, or sell it, that you have to file you know, capital gains for uh, capital gains reporting, that you have to file that as a capital gains transaction and determine your long-term or short-term capital gain liability and pay taxes on any potential gains or losses that you might have incurred in the minutiae. I mean, even if we're talking about fractions of a penny, uh, you know, because sometimes we're talking sats. But to keep it positive, you know, with the price booming, the news in the media has started to become more positive as the media notices. And according to an article on Forbes just a couple of hours ago, legendary billionaire, the legend, well, their headline is a legendary billionaire just flipped on Bitcoin amid 300 billion Ethereum XRP and crypto price boom. Legendary investor Stanley Druckenmiller has admitted he should have bought Bitcoin, calling it a strong brand. Druckenmiller said, I don't own any Bitcoin to be frank, but I should. Former hedge fund manager who founded family office Duke, 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 I'm going to butcher that. Capital told fellow hedge fund manager Paul Tudor Jones last week at a New York investor conference. I'm 70 years old. I own gold, Drucker Miller said. I was surprised Bitcoin got going, but it's clear the young people look at it as a store of value because it's a lot easier to do stuff with. 
And 17 years to me, it's a brand. I guess he means 15, but uh, he goes on mentioning that he's a gold bug and he likes gold because of its 5,000-year-old brand history and compares that to Bitcoin. And even though Bitcoin was only created in 2008, after 17 years, he says that it's basically it's been established as a brand. 15 years, but you know, he's 70, so we'll cut him some slack on that. Also, in, good, in, the, in the upbeat, positive good news, CNBC is reporting Bitcoin just formed a bullish golden cross signal. What it means after the cryptocurrency's recent rally. If you remember, everybody was lamenting Bitcoin's death cross uh, not too terribly long ago. And boy, how fast that changes. Because now they're talking about Bitcoin's golden cross signal. All right. So... Before we dive into anything else, let's get to the reason why we're here. Well, we're not just here because it's Bitcoin White Paper Day, but we're here because today is a makeup day. As you know, every Wednesday, we've been doing a DCA Wednesday episode where we purchase $20 of the Bitcoin and add it to our stack. And we've been doing that for over two years now. If you don't know what DCA means, DCA is an investment strategy where you invest your money in equal portions at regular intervals, regardless of price. For example, this is going to be our one 118th stack. So far, we've stacked 117 times, and we stacked a total of 2,340 US dollars of fiat converted into Bitcoin, including $52.65 in fees. And that has earned us a stack of 8,131,301 sats at an average purchase price of $28,777.68. So we are in profit again, but more importantly than that, I want to remind you that we did our first stack. When we did our first stack in July of 2021, Bitcoin was purchased, was priced at $39,716. So had you YOLO'd in, not only would you have almost 25, almost 2,500,000 fewer sats, uh, you'd still be $5,000 underwater because your average purchase price would have been 39716 and ours is 28,777, or it was until we stacked another 56,314 sats on Wednesday. We did that at a price of $34,745.90, so a little bit more expensive than Bitcoin currently is, but more than $6,000 more expensive than the previous Wednesday, and more than $8,000, or approximately $8,000 more than the Wednesday before that. Because Bitcoin's currently up big percentage-wise. And that brought our stack up to 8,187,615 sats. Uh, and it, it increased our purchase price, or sorry, our average cost basis uh, quite a, well, not quite a bit. It increased our average cost basis to $28,824.02. So about $40 uh, in increase in our average cost basis, but still well within the green. None of that, of course, is going to matter when Bitcoin sets a new all-time high. You know, Bitcoin hits $100,000 one day or $200,000 one day or a million dollars one day or $10 million, or there's even people calling for a billion-dollar Bitcoin. $28,000 is going to look like peanuts. And all that's really going to matter is the size of that stack. And that stack is currently 8,187,615 Satoshis. I am going to wrap this up. I wanted to keep this short and sweet. We're under a half an hour. That's obviously only about half as long as a normal podcast. But in theory, we have another one rolling out tomorrow. And in an hour or so, we're going to have little trick-or-treaters and costumes knocking on my door at my house, expecting free candy, the little socialists. Just kidding. I don't know. Um, 
what holidays you celebrate where you're at. In the United States, we celebrate Halloween. In other countries, they do similar things, uh, whether they call it Dia de los Muertos in, in, in Spanish-speaking countries, etc. But some, some version of Halloween seems to be celebrated in a lot of places, not just here in the United States. On the personal front, it looks like things are going a lot better. As I mentioned on Twitter and I mentioned last week, a very close member of the family had a really, really critical surgery a little over a week ago. And I thought I was going to be able to squeeze off a DCA Wednesday episode uh, in the car or whatnot on Wednesday because they were still in the hospital on Wednesday. Um, but quite frankly, I just didn't get a whole lot of sleep. Uh, my Apple Watch tells me I've got a minimum of 20 to 22 hours of stand activity every day for the last week and a half. And that is uh, that has just not been good. I got a decent amount of sleep last night for the first time in almost two weeks. Uh, we're not out of the woods yet, but things are getting better. We're on the mend. It looks like we're getting mostly good news. Uh, at least for now, this is going to be something that's probably with us for a while, but hopefully won't be hopefully won't be won't be won't be critical or uh, won't interfere with the podcast or, or, or life in general for, for at least for a little while now. So um, hopefully we will be back tomorrow for our DC Wednesday episode on November 1st. And hopefully we'll be back every Wednesday after that. Rest assured, if I do miss a Wednesday like I missed last Wednesday, I'm still stacking just like you are. Uh, so, you know, I did my stack on my phone. I will at least continue to do that and get the episode out to you as soon as possible. But Everybody's at home. Everybody's starting to feel a lot better by next week. Um, I, I think they said the recovery is going to be about six weeks, but not to the point where it's going to interfere with my ability to get in the studio uh, and make a podcast like it did the first few, few first few days after after they got home from the hospital. All right. Thank you for those of listening, regardless of wherever you're listening. Thanks again, Leggy, for your continued support. Thank you for the kind comments and kind words on Twitter for those of you that reached out to show support for me and my family. And we will see you tomorrow and hopefully every Wednesday until Bitcoin either goes to the moon, you get bored and stop listening, or nobody's willing to sell us any more Bitcoin. But until that time, keep on stacking those sats, you sexy sat stackers.